Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. But can we just bow our heads? God, thank you so much that you even care about interacting with us, but not just corporately, not just as this, oh, there's a great big group of people and I'll show up there, but personally, that you want to do something personal in every single person's life here this morning. And so, God, what we ask now is that the Holy Spirit would have the freedom. And so we give the Holy Spirit freedom to do what you can only do. We can share words, we can share truth, but only the Holy Spirit can bring transformation. Only the Holy Spirit can convict the heart. And so, God, I just invite you to do that in this place. I pray that whatever seed is thrown, it will fall on fertile soil. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, can you please turn to the book of Zechariah? Um, you might not know where that is, but it's right near the end of the Old Testament. This morning, I want to, in, in this book, in the passages that I'm going to read, you're going to see some verses, and you might say to yourself, oh, I always wondered where that was in the Bible. Well, this is where they are. <clears throat> now, just to set the stage before I begin to read this out, this is, how many of you know the Old Testament is not in order chronologically? Yeah. Yes. Right? So what we have here happening near the end of the Old Testament is written about in the book of Ezra, which is books and books and books before. All right? Ezra was a historian, all right? And, and trying to take a historical record of all the happenings in Israel. And, and so this is found in the book of Ezra, and the completion of this is found in the book of Ezra. All right? And I challenge you to, in your own time, find the book of Ezra and just verify that what I'm saying is actually true. Um, but this is written by the prophet Zechariah to Zerubbabel. Now, I don't know how you guys say that here in this country, but that's how I say it. <laughs> now, you might not know who that is. Zerubbabel is in the line of David. He is what they call in this particular period of time in Israel's history, the Davidic governor. Because Israel is under rule. All right? They are not in charge of themselves. They are under the rule of what is now the Persians. And so he's the Davidic governor. So the, the king of Persia has allowed him to be the ruler of this area, which is Israel. And not only that, he has decreed that they are allowed to rebuild the temple. And so when they first go into Israel, Zerubbabel lays the foundation that was on the old temple site. So when, usually when a conquering army would come, they would destroy all the important things in the city. And how many of you know that to the Jews, the most important thing in the city was the temple? And so it was absolutely in ruin. And so Zerubbabel, along with 42 some odd thousand other 
Jews are going back and they lay a foundation on the old temple mount. All right? And I just want to sort of set this up historically. But let's, let's read this together, beginning at verse 6 of Zechariah chapter 4. Then one said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel, and this is obviously Zechariah, God speaking through him. It's not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven. Now, how many of you knew that that came from Zechariah? Yeah? The rest of you? You're welcome. <laughs> says the Lord of heaven's armies. Isn't it interesting? This is side note. That when God says that it's not by might nor by power, he says, by the Lord of heaven's armies. Can I tell you, the strongest armies that exist are his. That's why no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Because while the earth might have its rulers and its even principalities and all that sort of stuff, the Lord has his armies. And nothing can stand against the Lord's armies. Let's jump back into the text. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, May God bless it. May God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hands. All right? Another verse that maybe you've heard before, the Lord, do not despise small beginnings. And so my message this morning is about small beginnings. We live in a culture that loves go big or go home. Yes? Who will admit publicly that they watch MasterChef? Yeah, good on you guys. Well done. One thing that I love about all these reality programs is they get some American guy doing the commercials and every single week is bigger and better than the week before. Did you ever notice that when you're listening? This week on MasterChef, best week ever. You know, like, like it's been running for years and, and somehow... They keep having the best weeks ever. Now, I've watched the program, and I don't see it. I don't see that this, like, compared to last week, blows it out of the water. But we love, we are attracted to the big. We love the fanfare. We love the lights, the smoke. We, we love that stuff. But here's what we know about God. Every great thing that ever happened in the Bible never started great. Not, none of the great events throughout biblical history ever began 
big. None of them began with applause. None of them began with shouting. None of them began that way. They always only ever started with a seed. And I want to talk to you this morning about the seed, the little thing that God has sown into your life because you are responsible for it. And for Zerubbabel, who has gone back into his homeland, he went in there, he laid a foundation, God sowed a seed in his heart, and he did the first part. And years and years and years now have passed, and God wants him to honor the seed. Nothing that ends great starts great. It starts small. Now, there's a very good reason for that. It's because in order for you to believe in the great ending, it takes... What's that? Faith. See, I became an Australian citizen in January. Can't you tell? It takes faith. If you're doing something in your life that you can do, I can tell you that God's not part of it. If you're doing something in your life that you can do, then God's not part of it. Because I can tell you that you will get the glory for it and God's not interested in that. Everything we should be doing with our lives, our primary concern is about who gets the glory for it. I don't need applause. I don't need claps. I don't need pats on the back. I want to direct people's attention towards the Lord. Whether I get in the footnotes, whether I get any special reference or credits is totally irrelevant. Our concern should be that when people see me, when people look at my life, God gets the glory. And that's why when he gives us something, he sows something generously into our life. It will take faith for us to take that up and believe in it and pursue it. Because from where we're sitting, it's not possible. We don't see the possibility of it. I'll tell you a little bit more about this point in time in Israel's history. All of the surrounding nations are against Israel. They are against them so much that they are writing letters to the king of Persia so that the king will shut down what's going on in Israel. All right? Now, how many of you know what it's like to have opposition? Nobody. Interesting. The cats do. We all know what that's like, right? We know what it's like to have opposition, to, to have these people, and you're like, why do you even care about me? Why do you put effort? It seems like you're 
purposefully trying to get under my skin or to sidetrack me. Well, that's exactly what these nations around Israel are trying to do. And they're petitioning the king and saying, I, I want you, we want this shut down. We want you to come here. We want you to do an investigation on these people. And you know what the king says? The king says, who is now King Darius, he says, let the work continue. Now, let me tell you something about King Darius. He's not a godly man. There's no, the temple has no relevance for him. But when God says he'll do something, he'll do it. God promised Zerubbabel that if you will set your hand to this, if you will put your heart to the task, it will be completed. Armies of heaven. Yes? If God says so, then it is so. Every single story in the Bible resounds or echoes that. If you've ever read the Bible, if you've ever read through the stories, even if it's just some of the great stories of the Bible, what you will discover is that if God says so, then it is so. Because no one can compete with God. No one can stand in His way. No one can sidetrack His plans except for Me. Here's what I know about all of you. And I haven't done like Facebook stalking for the last week because I knew I was coming here. Here's what I know about you. You have all been given a seed. At least one. You were all born... For influence. This, this is not platitudes. This is not me just throwing nice things, saying nice things to you. The reality is, is that God does everything on purpose. And so if you're here and you're breathing, and I hope you all are, then God has something for you to be doing. And if God says, whatever that seed is, if God says that you can do this, then I'm here this morning to remind you that you can do this. Because if he says so, it is so. And so when you get something like this thrown into your life, and, and let me tell you, God doesn't care too much about what we think or how we feel, just so you know. You might want to make note of that. But what I've learned about God is he cares very little about what, what I'm going through in my life. All he cares about is me being on his mission. Yes? And so in moments of my life where I was minding my own business... I was just plodding along. I was doing my thing. I was trying to honor God. God throws a seed. Boom! Like crazy, profound, huge implications. Impossible throws a seed. 
I'm doing this with my life. I'm sort of on this track. I'm, God doesn't care. And this is how God works because God knows that the way he designed you is to follow the seed. Nothing else matters. And for some of you here this morning, this is a moment where God is bringing you back to the seed. It's there, but it's not in the ground. It fell, but you haven't done anything with it. But there's good news, and I'll get to it. This is not about condemnation. Never about condemnation. So what we see through the story of Zerubbabel is that the seed that God throws into our life gives us purpose. Culture, family, education often seeks to give us purpose, but that's not where we find our purpose. You will always find your purpose in the seeds that God has sown into your life. That's where you will find purpose. Zerubbabel's purpose in the, in the long history of Israel was to rebuild the temple. What happens years later when Jesus is crucified? There are a few prophecies that need to be fulfilled in regards to the temple. What are they? Does, does anyone know any of them? What happens, there's a, a really thick curtain in the temple. What happens to the curtain when Jesus dies on the cross? Torn from the top down, right? From the most impossible place to start, it's torn. It's rent in two. If Zerubbabel is not faithful to his thing, there's no curtain in the temple. The reason why God says in this passage and is saying to us today, do not despise small beginnings is because you don't know where this goes. You don't know. It is impossible for us to know the implications of our faithfulness today. It is impossible for us to be able to count because we can't measure stuff like that. One great saying that I heard once is that scientists can determine how many seeds are in an apple, but no one can determine how many apples are in a seed. We love to try and determine our things, but you don't know the fruit that's in that seed that God has sown into your life, and you will never, ever see it if you're not faithful to it. But if you're not faithful when no one's watching with just a little tiny seed, and there's nobody showing up, nobody sending you emails of congratulations, or just, this is behind closed doors, you pursuing something that seems impossible, but if God says so, then it is so. 
that seed will define the purpose of your life. And if you're not being faithful to it, you'll never discover your purpose. Number two, your seed will define your convictions. See, all of us have to come to this point where we make a choice. All of us, like Zerubbabel, have to come to this point where we either believe in faith that God is who He says He is, or we don't. It's as simple as that. It's not a complicated decision, but it's profound. Not choosing is choosing. Yes? Not choosing is making a choice to do nothing with it. And so this helps for me define your convictions. Do you really believe in that stuff that we sing? It'll be evident in the fruit. No, don't tell me. I don't need you to tell me what you're doing for God. I can see it. This is why the Bible tells us that you, can, you will know them or you can judge them by their fruit. No words necessary. It will be self-evident what your real convictions are. If you're truly pursuing in faith or not. And I know lots of people that come up to me and they go on and on and on about what the great things that are going on in their life, all that sort of great, wonderful, amen. God, God bless you. I want to see the fruit. But not just any fruit. Do you know that a good tree can only produce one kind of fruit? Do you know what kind of fruit it is? Good fruit. A bad tree cannot produce good fruit. That's what the Bible says. But a good tree can only produce good fruit. The branches that get cut off the tree are not producing bad fruit. They're producing no fruit. Right? So, that's just part of the pruning process. But I want to see the fruit because that shows me where your convictions lie. Are you really a person of faith? Are you really investing yourself in pursuing an idea or a seed that God put in your heart regardless of what it costs you so that His will might be accomplished? Think about the seed that Jesus threw to Peter that day on the beach. I don't know if you remember the story, but Peter is just minding his own business. He's heard of this Jesus person, and he happens to be coming onto the beach that Peter fishes off. And Jesus walks past Peter and says, Follow me. Just a seed, just a seed of an idea. Peter, in that moment, has a choice. Peter doesn't know the day of Pentecost is coming. Do you understand? 
Do you understand that this is just an idea? This is just a seed. And you got to honor the little things. You can't despise the small beginnings. You can't say, oh, I'm not sure about that yet. Let's see where that plays out or how that plays out. Or let's see what promises are attached to it. God's not interested in giving you all the answers. He just wants you to be obedient in the small things. It's amazing that in, Ze- in this passage in Zechariah, what brings God pleasure is Zerubbabel not standing at the finished gates of the temple, not Zerubbabel putting all the finishing touches in place. What brings God joy is Zerubbabel holding the plumb line. Who knows what a plumb line is? Do we have any old school, <laughs> chippy kind of people? What's a plumb line? It's, it's an old school way to level that is ruled by gravity. Yes? It's not flashy. And they weren't made of gold. What will bring God pleasure in your life is when he sees you ready to pick up the tools that will see this become a reality. What will bring God joy is when you pick up the hammer or the level or the nails, the small stuff, believing that if God says that there's going to be a temple here, there's going to be a temple here. And I'm going to do my bit to see it happen. And so that's conviction. That's, you know what? I, I believe it. I, I, I believe in faith. I'm going to take God at his word and I'm going to pick up a tool. And I'm just going to start. I, I, I don't even know where this is all going, but if God says so, I'm going to follow it. That's conviction. Yes, this is what God wants to see. Now, here's the good part. What you do over the next amount of time in your life will become a testimony, not only for you, not only for those around you, but for history. For history to remember, and it will be a story that brings God glory. Because Zerubbabel, in the face of critics, in the face of opposition, just responds to the Lord and picks up the tools and does it. In the year 516 BC, the temple was finished. And the rejoicing that was prophesied here by Zechariah happened. You can, you can find that in Ezra. It happened just as God said it would and it became the thing now a fixture in Israel's history where other prophetic words could now be fulfilled and become places where Jesus would walk into and begin to preach. Yes? In the temple. 
and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Right? Because he was faithful hundreds of years before. And what you and I should want is that hundreds of years from now, people are experiencing and still partaking of the good fruit that was produced in my life because I was faithful to the seed. They don't need to remember my name. I'm sure that many of you here this morning, before I started preaching, didn't even know who Zerubbabel was. Not important. The, the good part is, is that he did what he was supposed to do. And so the rest of the story could be told. And other great things could happen. And this is what we have all been called to, my friends. Your seed is no less relevant or important than any other seed that God has sown throughout history. Now, I, I, I don't need to overstate things. I am not trying to create a moment that is manipulative. I already know that the Holy Spirit's doing something here this morning. One of the worst things that I, in my life of ministry, have ever had to deal with is watching people do nothing with the seed. It breaks my heart. Because I know me. Do you understand where I come from? Do you understand the journey that I went on to even get onto this stage today? I can tell you this with absolute conviction. It was not my idea. I wasn't sitting in my room saying, okay, I'm going to formulate and craft this elaborate plan that would see me leave my country and end up in Australia so that I could be preaching in lots of different churches. And I was nutting out this plan back at when I was a teenager. That's not how this happened. I was pastoring in Montreal. I hosted somebody for lunch who happened to be a pastor in South Australia. And God says to me on my way back to the car, I was a national youth director. I was a youth pastor slash assistant pastor at a church of over 500 people. Things were great. And on the way back to my car, God says, Australia. It almost couldn't be further away from where I was. And I'm like, God, that's, that's, that's a crazy seed. But here's what I know about seeds that God plants. It doesn't go anywhere. 
God won't plant new ones until you're faithful to that one. Stop asking him for more seed when you haven't managed to be faithful to the ones that he's sown. And so God sows this seed, and I begin to pray, and I'm like, God, you know me. Uh, if, if this really is you, then I, I need supernatural confirmation. I, I need to hear from you. I need my wife to be on board with this, because that's important. And every single time I turned, every time I mentioned it, every time I approached him, the seed was there. And because I honored the seed and I was faithful to the seed, I am where I am today. And I'm doing what I'm doing. I have the privilege. I'm not even 40 years old yet. And I've already seen your pastor at a church that had multiple campuses and I'm now move beyond that to now help churches. I never imagined this for my life, but God did. And there are some seeds like that here this morning. From where you sit right now, you can't see it, but you can't deny the seed is there. And this morning is about you making a choice to honor the seed. To be obedient. Only, there are some people here, nobody else knows the seed that God's sown into your life. It's just between you and God. You know it's there. You know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, but nobody else knows. And can I tell you this? You can keep not doing something about it and no one will know. But that was never why you were born. The reason why Paul is able to say that God's plans are bigger than what you can hope or even imagine is because he knows how many apples are in a seed. There are people who are not here today, but they're part of the fruit from your tree. And if you don't do your thing, they will never be here. Well, that's kind of heavy, isn't it? Yes, indeed it is. You know why it's heavy? It's because time is way too precious for us to waste doing our own thing. For us to concern ourselves with bearing fruit that brings glory and honor to my wonderful name. When in the end it gets all burned. But the things that we do to honor God in obedience will last for eternity. That we could bear fruit that could last forever. Not for my glory, but for His. Now I want you to take out your phones. 
Some of you have been playing on them the whole time. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, but if that's the Holy Spirit convicting you, that's another thing. If you're old school and you knew what a plumb line is, maybe a piece of paper and a pen. I'm going to do something real practical right now. Thanks, bro. I want you to open the note page. For those of you who have paper, it's already open. I want you to write down the seed. One of the great heresies we make in church is the heresy of application. All of the great truth in the world doesn't mean anything if I don't apply it. I'm not saying something revolutionary to you this morning that you've never heard. It's about application. I want you to write down the seed. Now, if you're here this morning and you don't do church and this is all very new to you, the good news for you is this. God has called you to more than where you are right now. I'm not just saying that. I know that to be true, not only from the proof of Scripture, but in my own life, that I would never be where I am today if it were not for God and His plan for my life. And that's the good news for you. Whatever you're experiencing now, whatever hole you feel like you're in, whatever dead end you feel like you're at, there's much more. For those of you who had something to write down, I want you to put that in your hand and just hold it like this. There's only one person in the room that's responsible for what's in your hand. And that's you. Don't ever whinge about what you're not doing by blaming someone else. God didn't give that seed to them and they will never be held responsible for it. But one day we will all stand before the Lord and he will say to you and me, here are all the seeds I sowed into your life. What did you do with them? And there are some people, that thing that you're holding in your hand this morning, maybe it's been there for years, and you know that it's still not in the soil. You have been shaken. Fear has filled your heart. Unbelief has filled your heart. Maybe there's bitterness and hurt that has sidetracked you. But one thing I know about the seed that God plants is it never goes away. Today, choose who you will serve. You cannot claim ignorance because it's right in front of you. Now you've got to choose obedience. Yeah, but Pastor Andrew, it seems like a bit far-fetched. <laughs> I love far-fetched. I have great far-fetched stories. And you know what? 
He's got some for you too. If you will not despise the small beginnings and honor the seed. You all have a seed. What will you do with it? What are you going to do with it? Can you stand with me please this morning? We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.